Sorry for the interruption. Coming up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Our podcasts keep community strong, and for the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help keep us going. We rely on the generous donations of the community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Happy listening. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you together? go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreels 3CR's look at the... Uh, Australian film industry and uh, other aspects of moving image. And uh, today we're going to be chatting with Ryan Gaskett, who's uh, from Ava Grace Productions, a filmmaker. Uh, He's got a film called Lee that's part of the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival that's coming up. So before we talk to Ryan, we'll remind you about the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. Online and in cinema, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival will be running online from the 1st to the 31st of July and at Cinema Nova from the 21st to the 31st of July. Canvassing the world's best docos from South by Southwest, Tribeca and Hot Docs, as well as the best Australian content. Check out the lineup and book today at mdff.org.au or cinemanova.com.au. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. And we've got one of the entrants into the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, Lee, a film uh, made by Ryan Gaskett. G'day, Ryan. How are you? Good, thanks, Annie. How are you? Good. And uh, it is rather interesting film. Uh, very Australian. Very local, in fact, very Melbourne. Tell us about how you got involved in making this study. It's a personal study of a person, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Um, well, it started as a school project, so I, and I did start it quite a long time ago, back in um, 2012, so it's been almost 10 years now. Um, and yeah, Well, started... actually, that was one of my questions, uh, because uh, I, you know, like following this person in quite a, a lot of detail, really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and um, it was just sort of a ten minute um, documentary for school, and um, and you know sort of piece something together there. But in doing those interviews at that time, uh, really realised there was something a lot more to this story, and um, and then sort of pursued it from there. Well, actually, that was because uh, because it, it is a long story, and uh, it focuses on an individual. And um, I was wondering how you decided to go from perhaps showcasing his 
uh, outward skill, which is the uh, uh, chainsaw sculpturing, sculpting, which yeah. is interesting in itself. Um, yeah. That's where it began, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I guess, you know, that's an interesting backdrop anyway, um, and Lee's sort of an interesting character as well, but um, that really is just the backdrop to the film. So um, I guess the main thing that what, what it was about what happened as we were filming so over a period of about three years just um all this you know crazy things just sort of you know kept happening um that were not planned at all and uh, that ended up being the film in the end yeah right and and you're saying that you this was a school project so uh, tell me about your filmmaking background how did that happen uh, well, I mean, that was it. So that, at that time, yeah, I was studying studying um, a film course at uni. Um, and so obviously I've been working on this film in the background over the last um, 10 years and running my um, own business at the same time. So um, I guess it's been a slow sort of process over those years, just uh, working in different industries and stuff like that. Um, but as far as, I mean, this is more of a passion project and I guess, you know, bread and butter for me is, is, is more sort of promo videos and and, um, you know, corporate stuff as well. So um, it's been nice to work on something like this over this period of time. Yeah, so tell me, what did you learn? This is that, That's what I'm really getting to the meat and potatoes of this because it's quite clear that to begin with, doing something about somebody's personal life and their and forming views about this person and how to structure it into a film is... And, of course, Lee himself is a larger-than-life character or else he wouldn't have attracted your attention. That's right, yeah. I mean, there's so much. there was so much to him, even just in that first interview that we did. So we sat down for about three hours and, um, you know, I, I have way too much content for a 10-minute documentary. Yeah. But um, even just in that first interview, it was like, okay, there's just so much to this story that is really interesting that couldn't make it into a 10-minute film. Um, so I knew something bigger was there just in Lee's story. Even if it was just like a profile piece on Lee, it would be interesting. Um, and that's sort of what I was planning on doing. And then um, I started a crowdfunding campaign. And um, after got the funding for that, it was sort of like, well, okay, I'm going to put together this film about this, this certain character, um, but what's the actual story? And what unfolded in that time was, was what ended up being the film, which was... Uh, a whole lot of happy accidents and uh, interesting things. And so when did you decide that you were going to link into uh, certain elements of his character, which were his generosity uh, mm-hmm. and a whole range of things of that sort? Uh, link, uh, that was one strand that was running through the film. Uh, and then, of course, there were actual things that happened how, how did you decide to actually craft it? Because I noticed you were the editor, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, <laughs> so it was well, a wild really, woolly ride that you were on. It was. And it was. And look, they're my favourite type of documentaries where the, the story's unfolding, you know, for the audience at the same time it's unfolding for the filmmaker, really. And, and they're, they're a lot more interesting to me. They're a bit more hard to come by because, you know, um, you can't plan these things. But... Um, I just wanted to go with the flow. I just sort of knew that, well, okay, this is my project and there's no one sort of putting pressure on me, so I'm going to be, you know, just going with whatever happens and and, um, creating it that way, Um, which I think ends up, you know, becoming something a bit more interesting in the end. Um, Yeah. No, but but, but what I'm really getting at is uh, 
You've got all this material, right? And on one level, it's developing in front of your eyes. And at one point, you yeah. behind the camera actually are concerned about his health because right. he's not. I mean, you actually step out. I mean, we don't yeah. see you, but you hear it. But you you become a character yeah. in in its in in the movie as well because you become concerned about him. Um, but of course, you can't walk a. Per- and that's part of the film. You can't walk a person's life for them. And that's no, what, yeah. That's right. So this is, uh, but you're watching it unfold. This sort of almost um, uh, health disaster happening in front of you. That's right. And I guess, I guess a big part. I mean, a big part of it is that me and Lee really became friends. So it was sort of like, you know, at the very start, whenever you're filming someone, I guess it is that you know, um, you do maybe see them as a subject of a film at the initial start. Um, it really didn't take long for me and Lee to become friends and um, get, become closer. And uh, over the period of, of filming, you know, we did so many interviews and we spent so much time together that it just sort of become a different thing. So when, once when he went through these health challenges and um, obviously there's quite a lot of other challenges in the film as well, um, it w- was really a concern for me as a friend as well, as a filmmaker. Um, so it's a bit of a, a strange line to sort of balance across, but, um, but I think it makes it more into an intimate film in that way anyway. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, it, it's a it's a film about a sensitive bloke. That's right. Yeah, and also someone that wouldn't be perceived in that way. <laughs> so, you know, from uh, from the outset, you know, people sort of would see him. He's this chainsaw carver, so chainsawing, you know, got a sort of dramatic. Side well, it's to so it anyway. noisy and uh, dangerous. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And and Lee's quite a big guy, and you know, especially back in the day, had long hair, big beard, sort of look like a big bikey dude and everything like that. But, um, you know, those perceptions that people might have of him are, are, are sort of squashed pretty quickly after you meet him. And um, he's sort of the opposite of what people would think. The So the structure of the film is very interesting because we get all that stuff, but then it moves on to some very intense um, yeah. other story matter, which I found absolutely gripping, I'll have to say. It was yeah. horrifying. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I guess, you know, something a lot of people have been saying about the film is that it's very raw and, you know, that is, I didn't intend to sort of, you know, colour things up in any kind of way. It was it was really just, just what happened. Um, and the, the things that unfolded, you know, and um, not giving away too much. No, no, film, no. But, you, know, you have to go and watch the film. You have to go and see the film. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's it, but... Um, the abuse that Lee went through as a child, um, you know, and then subsequently, you know, finding his abuser and, and um, you know, um, pursuing that, taking him to court and everything. That's, you know, part of what unfolded as we were filming. Um, and it's quite dark and quite, you know, disturbing stuff, um, but I think necessary to talk about and important too. But the thing that's really interesting is that not only is he a great character and he's incredibly uh, artistic, he's he's working class. He comes from a relatively poor family, yep. but uh, you know, a cheerful family, loving family. Yep. Um, and uh, he uh, is the and the things that have happened to him obviously would be much more universal story to in working class Australia. Yeah, definitely. That's right. Yeah. And I guess that's where a lot of people can sort of, you know, relate to him in a way. Also, maybe, you know, feel more um, confident to come forward with their stories because he's this bloke, just this regular sort of Aussie guy who's, 
you know, openly talking about these these things that, you know, typically a lot of men don't talk about, you know, um, and for him to be doing that and showing that courage sort of, you know, hopefully will help a lot of other people. Yeah. The other thing that's very fascinating about this film, of course, is the story about his need. He, he, he's a creative person and he's, he's a generous person. And in fact, he talks about uh, the lineage of uh, um, uh, caring men in his family. The father and his and the duck story is a great story. Yeah, it's great, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a great story. And um I became friends with him so I couldn't kill him for his Christmas dinner. <laughs> but but the point is this is a very strong part of the story and there's a bit in it that would be of particular interest to listeners at three C R he he decides on hearing about the plight of the refugees, that he had to do something. He was a person who was about active, being actively involved in positive, positive solutions. That's right, exactly. And, yeah, and that was the beautiful thing about it was that, you know, a, a big part of the film is, is you know, Lee's um, struggles with um, drug and alcohol abuse over the years and, and him trying to, um, to get through that um, during the filming. Um, and get healthy, and the byproduct of that was that he um, became pretty clear in his head and um, was able to start creating again. Like he was sort of, you know, relegated at that time to doing just, um, you know, parks and playgrounds, sort of just standard stuff, you know, and um, had sort of lost his passion for it. And um, and he sort of became clear and started having these great artistic ideas and just doing it for the sake of art again. And that's where the um, yeah the idea to do the protest piece against the treatment of refugees um, came in and um, and became a real big part of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when did you decide? That, I mean, I mean, this is a passion project. Obviously, we, you became friends with Lee. Now, in a funny kind of way, for a filmmaker, was that a bit like a millstone around your neck? Uh, sorry, a bit like a what? A millstone around your neck. Mm. Do you know um, what I mean? You I think, know the difference between personal and yeah, and professional. That's right, it's, it's, and, and I guess it, what's been nice is that you know because uh, the filming finished quite a while ago, you know, and the editing process took so long, and it's almost like I mean, friends as I said pretty quickly, but especially after the filming, it was like quite nice to be able to just relax into being friends as opposed to because there is always that sense of yeah, you know, filmmaker object that's there as well um so it's been nice you know to have so many years now of, of that not being the case um and you know it's really close with my family and we sort of every day or two and um it's just yeah it's just really nice and the other thing is did you actually walk up mount fuji yeah well yes so without giving away too much no no um, i know, never realized nine and a half hours yeah. my god yeah, it's pretty crazy, and it's you know, it's I mean, it's beautiful, and it's and it's we we sort of lucked out, you know, with some of the weather elements and things like that. But it's hard, um, and for someone like Lee to, you know, um, to be honest, you know, we we our first walk in training to climb Mount Fuji, tried to walk to the service station down the street, and that was a struggle. Um, to, to go from that within a few months to work towards climbing Mount Fuji was huge. Um, but yeah, so I was there. I, I you know, travelled as light as I could with camera gear and everything like that and had, um, you know, Lee wirelessly mic'd and had him breathing in my ears the whole, the whole <laughs> nine and a half hours up the mountain. But 
Um, but it was a really, really nice experience outside of the filming as well. It just was was a great thing to do. And um, again, yeah. And just as a matter of interest, uh, it takes a lot of uh, generosity uh, for Lee to have actually allowed himself to be followed around for so long. Yeah, yeah. And he looked... I mean, he did say that he'd been approached a few times, um, a similar sort of thing, and um, and he, yeah, he, he didn't tell me this straight away, but he told me, that, you know, a couple of years later that, because I was right in the midst of being super passionate about filmmaking and, and really, really driven at that time and, and wanting to really push it, um, and he was lacking that in his art, you know, and really find that passion again, and he said that was a big reason why he trusted that I was the right person to do it. Um, and, um, yeah, obviously I'm glad that, that he made that decision. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, the element of his community. There are a very uh, a ring of protective people around him. That's very true. Yeah, so um, there's, yeah, I mean, so many, I've met so many people over the years through, through Lee, and, and everyone's, you know, um, really, really interesting. Like, you know, I used to go over there for barbecues, and there'd be, you know, um, uh, teenage girl and then a guy who just got out of prison and then some artist and so it's just like a real mishmash of society all there and all getting along and all just having fun and it was you know that was really really interesting so he does have lots of people around him that do care about him uh, particularly you know sort of you know um a family that lives across the road from him who is the reason i met him and um and my family obviously um always people looking out for him yeah so did still give you any money Sorry, oh, still, st- no. <laughs> <laughs> they should have. No, I think I, I, I think I actually did approach them in the early days of crowdfunding, but um, no, they didn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, they should have. <laughs> I know, I know. That's it. Anyway, yeah, they get heavily advertised just by uh, by the fact that he uses them. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you know when it's actually screening at uh, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival? Yeah, so it'll be there on the thirtieth of July. Um, and I think, yeah, the tickets you can get through their website and on Cinema Nova's website. So, yeah, Cinema Nova on the 30th of July. Yeah, thanks very much for talking to me, Ray. Hey, thanks, Annie. Appreciate it. Online and in cinema. Melbourne Documentary Film Festival will be running online from the 1st to the 31st of July and at Cinema Nova from the 21st to the 31st of July. Canvassing the world's best docos from South by Southwest, Tribeca and Hot Docs, as well as the best Australian content. Check out the lineup and book today at mdff.org.au or cinemanova.com.au. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. Three CR Radiothon 2022. Three CR Keep Community Strong. Three CR Radiothon Fundraiser June 2022. To donate, call 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3CR.org.au. Three CR Radiothon 2022. Keep Community Strong.
Yeah, that's right, you you listeners out there. Keep 3CR going. Keep community radio strong. Uh, Make sure that uh, the uh, media landscape in Australia hasn't been squashed into a tiny Murdoch ball. Uh, Make sure that the community voice is actually still there and that we actually hear about what's going on in the larger world and in the local community uh, without the uh, lens of uh, big corporations and the big end of town constantly badgering us all around what should be and shouldn't be important to your ears. Um, we, of course, will be doing our live uh, radio thon program next week on Thursday. So give us a call, uh, ring up. You can do it any time. You don't have to do it just when we're on air, of course, but that it does give us a buzz to know that someone's actually listening to us and enjoying our fear. And, you know, the reason for why Showreel's important is because we do focus on what's going on in the Australian landscape. Uh, pe- we try and find out about what people are doing uh, hands-on, making films and moving image in our local and uh, Australian context rather than just... Uh, feeding through uh, the world of uh, the uh, international uh, enormity uh, of uh, um, filmmaking that doesn't entirely reflect. I mean, you know, of course, there are people who are from the Australian context who go and work in that big field, which is interesting in itself. But the uh, continual ongoing uh, Americanization of uh, culture can only be chipped away in the uh, local worlds of um, production, uh, much uh, more local than, uh, uh, you know, uh, big international. There's lots. There's lots out there. There's oh, you know, lots of things and lots of voices, and uh, it's important that uh, people realise that and are affected in a positive way by these voices. And that's why the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is fascinating because there are local films, and Lee is one of those local films, very Melbourne film about a very Melbourne guy. Uh, lots of stuff in it that uh, will uh, you will recognise and be absolutely fascinated by because of its locality uh, and the character himself. Um, and there are international films on at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, but uh, there are a lot of local films as well. Uh, I want to remind you about something that the Australian International Documentary Conference is uh, uh, offering. Uh, it's important because the deadline for this is, uh, I think it's July the 10th, it's pleased to once again partner with Doc Society to present the second Australian and Impact Fellowship Program. Both organisations are now calling for social impact documentary storytellers to join a year-long creative mentorship and impact strategy fellowship, and it starts in September 2022. It's supported by Screen Australia's Enterprise Funding Program, Doc Society's Art and Impact Fellowship, in partnership with AIDC, will assist Australian project teams to build effective strategies for using an independent documentary project as a tool for change, focusing on storytelling skills, developing impact campaigns and distribution strategies, creating audience engagement 
and finding new pathways to finance. And uh, it's led by Global Director of Good Pitch at Doc Society, Melinda Wink, great name, and Doc Society's Director of Australian Programs, Holly Pfeiffer. The program begins with a five-day story and impact lab from 12th to the 15th of September 2022. Ongoing support includes workshops and mentoring and an all-access pass to the next AIDC in March 2023. Now, if you understood what that was all about, then you should be going online to AIDC to find out about this particular enterprise funding program. Everything's about impact. They have these... uh, uh, they have it's like showrunners, but it's for when the product is finished, and they want everybody to actually engage with the product. So that's not just one theatrical release. There's also a whole lot of other ways that are taking these films into the community, down to uh, getting uh, locals to put on screening stuff like that. It's about impact, you know, bringing people into the game of uh, watching. Uh, it's a different kind of promotional activity that's going on, and now they call they actually employ people called uh, impact directors. <laughs> anyway, uh, and it's important stuff. This is about how you can um, raise the profile of the the pro the film that you or whatever that you've been doing that you've been investing your entire creative life on and would really like people to be able to actually watch and comment and and it have an effect on the world in general. Anyway, that's it for uh, Showreel this week. Coming up next is, uh, published or not, another one of our great programs on 3CR, which we hope you will... I'll just remind you again. I, I've just got to remind you again about how important it is to donate in June. Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical, community-owned media during our Radiothon. We'll be taking donations online, over the phone and in the station to help keep 3CR going for another year. Independent community media is vital and we need your support to keep community strong. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au, call the station on 03 9419 8377 or drop in at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during business hours. 3CR, keep Keep community community strong. As I said, that's the end of Showreel this week. Coming up next is Published or Not. We'll go out with State of the World, Ruth Hazelton. Another good reason for donating to 3CR. You get to hear local music.
Did you enjoy listening to this podcast? 3CR is a community radio station, and you, the listener, are part of that community. Right now, it's our radiothon, and we need you to pitch in with a few dollars to keep the station going. We can't do it without you. It's easy. Head to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Your donation really matters. Help keep community strong for another year.